speak to you guys because this message was impressed on my heart by the Lord himself. And who better to get a message from, right? Well, thank you so much. My message today kind of has to do with something that everybody goes through. Have you ever been lost? Has anybody ever gotten lost? (laughs) I mean, especially, I know the children, you know, I got lost as a child all the time. Or maybe my parents just hid. But, (laughs) you know, maybe you've lost your child. You don't have to raise your hands, we don't judge. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I find it kind of funny. Some of my aunties uh, here in Modesto, man, my, my family loves to joke around, okay? At the expense of others, of course. But they love to have fun. My family, I, I remember seeing them with my little cousins at, at stores. You know, if you ever go to like Target or Walmart, my uncles and aunts, they would hide in the next aisle, you know, while the, the kids are small. And they'd like be peeping, uh, peeping over. And the child, you know, you know, they're wandering around for a moment. And then two goes by, and then they start to get aware of their surroundings, and then they realize you're not there, and then fear takes over. They're like, where are we? Like, uh, mom. They start to call your name, and then at that moment, that's when they come out, and they're like, oh, we're right here, baby, and then they start to cry. But (laughs) I don't know if you guys have ever experienced something like this where you don't know where to go. You don't know which direction to take. And if you look at the cover of your bulletin, um, Lorraine found me a perfect picture because the title of our sermon today is Which Way Now? Let's pray. Lord in heaven, I just pray that you may be here in, the, in our midst, Lord. I just pray that you may speak through me. I just pray that you may really give me the words to speak and Make them easy to understand, Lord. Um, Help me to point them to you. Amen. So my family loves to travel. We just got back, as you guys know, we got back from a trip from Cambodia. And we went to Hong Kong as well. And it was beautiful. Um, The experience, you know, it's the experience of a once in a lifetime. Um, Wherever you go, wherever other place you go, um, it's just awesome to be able to experience other cultures. Um, something different than our own. But one thing I've learned from traveling is this, that everybody, anywhere you go, they have one basic principle. Okay, and I'm saying everybody, you know, we have more basic principles amongst us human beings, but this is one that is huge. Can anybody give a guess of what it is? This is going to be an interactive one. I'm not just going to be preaching. I want you guys to think. So, a basic principle that everybody in the world has. Being accepted? Okay, good one. Anybody else? Gratitude? I wish, I wish that was the case. Kindness. I definitely, that's an awesome, there's, it's everywhere, you know? Not necessarily everybody's kind, but we should be. You know, one thing that I have seen, wherever I've traveled, um, I've realized that everybody has a destination they want to get to. Everybody has a goal they want to achieve. Okay? And it may not seem like it, but in reality, 
they do. I've narrowed it down to two basic types of destination or goals, either physical or abstract. Okay, for example, I'll give you some. Um, the physical is like going to school or having to go clean the house, as my parents were yelling at me yesterday for, um, or going to the gym whenever you have the motivation. Uh, or abstract is something more like wanting to experience healing in a marriage, wanting to experience healing or oneness in relationships. I mean, that's a goal you want to achieve, right? Or others want to experience physical or emotional healing. Whether one is sick physically with an illness or one is suffering from something like depression or heartache, whatever it is, you, you want to get to the goal of being happy again, you know, overcoming it. And then there's another one of people have a goal of wanting to overcome things. Maybe it's overcoming a fear. Maybe it's overcoming a struggle or an addiction. Maybe it's overcoming barriers that you have imposed on yourself. Everybody wants to either get somewhere or achieve something. <laughs> Let me give you an example. You know, let's say you get in a taxi and you say, okay, go. The taxi driver is going to be like, okay, where? I don't know. Just, just go. Well, that, that doesn't really work, does it? Or, or how about this? You get on an airplane, okay? And the pilots are, right, are like, all right, let's just fly. How well would that work? You know, I, I definitely glad I didn't get in a plane to Cambodia, not knowing where they were going. Because if we did, we would probably have crashed. And you don't, you, don't, you don't really think about that. But in reality, like if you just send out a boat, you know, out of a harbor, you know, 9,999 out of 10,000, if they have a destination and they have the manpower and everything, they will arrive at their destination. But if you don't put a pilot or a helmsman, if you don't put a crew, and you just send it out, you know, if it gets out of the harbor at all, it'll probably just wash up on an island or sink. It's the same with us. Which way now? You know, I've realized this at my young age, that everybody in their own different ways is trying to achieve one thing. It's trying to get to a specific destination or achieve something in particular. And they are trying to find peace, happiness, joy. You know, look, if you look at the center of every like, major religion, you know, what they're really seeking for, let's just say, I'm going to use Hinduism as an example. Um, I was doing some um, college classes over, just over the major religions, and, you know, they have thousands of gods. And the thing is, like, they worship 
um, they worship like the ones you can basically choose which gods you want to worship, you know? And there's this elephant that they worship. I forget his name. I believe it starts with a G. Um, but they're worshiping the elephant and somebody went and asked one of the worshipers, why are you worshiping him? It's like, oh, he brings good fortune to us. Okay? And while I was at Souls West, our Bible college, one thing we learned in apologetics is you kind of ask him, so why, why do you want fortune? Okay, like, oh, we want to be comfortable. Okay, you break it down. Why do you want to be comfortable? Because we want to be secure. Why do you want to be secure? And the bottom line is they want to be happy. They want to provide. They want to provide for the happiness and welfare of their family. Or if you go um, into Christianity, you know, Jesus, what he wants to, you know, bottom line, we have a hope for the future. He wants to give us peace and happiness and joy. And that's what Jesus offers. You know, if you go, you look everywhere. If I was to ask anybody, I mean, I'm sure that many of you or all of you could relate with that because you want peace. Either financially, either emotionally, spiritually, whatever it is. You're looking for peace. And this is what I've come to note, is that we as humans take it upon ourselves to figure out our lives. Okay? Well, let me break that down. And I've realized in my many years of living, we all come to a point, catch this, we all come to a point where we don't know where we're going next. Okay? We all come to a point we're kind of at a standstill almost. Like, okay. Like, I've been, I've been going down these roads. I'm figuring out my life. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go there. For myself, I'm a planner. Okay? I like to plan my life to the T. I'm like, all right, God, this is what we're doing. We're going forward. I'm going to make my five-year plan. This is what's happening. And I'm going to get married at this age. And, well, no. It's not working out, just to let you know. But... The thing is that we all come to a point in which we're stuck. Which way now? <laughs> One thing I find us as humans we do is, let's just say, we try to make a, our own roads. You know, if, if these roads aren't working, we try to hack our way through the brush and make our own. We go, maybe even go 360 degrees and try every destination. Okay, try whatever it is. You know, trying to overcome, let's just, let's just say a personal struggle. Okay? You know, let's just say health. You go to this doctor, you go to that doctor, you go to this, you got to try to find health or your, you find your health and get it back with medicine, or try it naturally, or try it this way or that, but nothing seems to be working. Have you guys gone through that before? And maybe not with health, but with family. Maybe your children. Your children are wandering off this way or that, and you're, you're praying for them. You, you try to get them help. You try to do this and that for them. You try to provide everything, but still it's not working. 
You try to make this relationship work, this marriage work, but it seems like everything you do, it just ends up worse and worse. Or, or, what, or whatever your struggle is, an addiction, a, whatever. You go to meetings here, you go to meetings there, you try this patch, you try that. You try these pills and you wean off those and you come here and there and after all, you just fall on the ground. You just come to the point where you're just like, where do I go now? I've tried this. Tried that. What now? I want to take us to the Word of God. And we're going to go to 2 Chronicles chapter 17, verse 1. 2 Chronicles chapter 17, verse 1. And I'm going to be sharing with you guys the background, the history of this. Um, 2 Chronicles, Old Testament. Um, chapter 17, verse 1. And this is about a king. His name is Jehoshaphat. And we're just going to call him Jay, Brother Jay today, okay? Because that's going to twist my tongue after a while. But Brother Jay, he is, um, he is the king of Judah, okay? And at this time, Israel is kind of at war with itself. It has, it has two sections. It has Israel and it has Judah, okay? Unfortunately, all the kings of Israel ended up bad, okay? They all ended up bad. But the kings of Judah, it went like a wave. There was good kings and bad kings, and they'd fall into idolatry and everything. It was just a mess. But King Jehoshaphat, let's read verse 1. When you get there, say amen. Amen. It says, then Jehoshaphat, his son, um, the son of Asa, the, just right before, um, reigned in Asa's place and strengthened himself against Israel. Okay, Israel and Judah were enemies at that time, and so he strengthened himself against his enemy. And he placed the troops in the fortified cities of Judah and set garrisons in the land of Judah and in the cities of Ephraim, which Asa his father had taken. Verse 3, Now the Lord was with brother Jay, because he walked in his former ways of his father David, but he did not, and he did not seek the Baals, which were idols, but sought the God of his father and walked in his commandments and not according to the acts of Israel. At this point, Israel was committing very many sins. They were, they were in idolatry. They were sacrificing children. They were doing all these things. But Jehoshaphat set his mind to following the Lord. Can I get an amen? And maybe you've done that in your, your life. You know, I, <laughs> two years ago, part of my personal testimony is I graduated from one of our academies in the Bay Area in 2015. And what ends up happening is the Lord pulls me out of the situation I was, I was in and he sets me on the right path. And I chose to follow the Lord. I ended up going to a Bible college for two years. It was such a blessing. Such a blessing. You know, after I graduate from the Bible college, the Lord leads me here and I am here now at Parkwood. Okay, I, am, I gave my life to the Lord. And I could almost say it the same as Jehoshaphat. I sought the Lord. I... I tried to leave out the idols that I was 
worshiping before, and I set my face to follow the Lord. I'm sure many of you guys have as well. You know, you, you're sitting in the pews. Maybe you're struggling with something. Maybe your, your marriage is falling apart. Maybe your health is waning. But you're here. That's what matters. Church isn't for the, the good and holy, but it is for broken sinners to come before the Lord. And this is what happens is every single one of you who've actually had, a, who've experienced a spiritual life, you've noticed that your spiritual life has ups and then downs. And then ups and downs. How I wish it could be a constant up. But we have an enemy here on earth who doesn't like that. But the thing is, let's take a look at Jehoshaphat's further life, okay? Let's go to uh, chapter 18, okay? Let's take a look at his life. He ser he's serving the Lord. He's doing everything right, it seems, okay? Chapter 18, verse 1. When you get there, let me know with an amen. Amen. And it says this, Jehoshaphat had riches and honor in abundance, and by marriage he allied himself with Ahab. Okay, that, that might sound good, you know, and praise the Lord for his, his riches and wealth, and that came from honoring the Lord. But this is what ended up happening, is Ahab, catch this, catch this, Ahab was the king of Israel, his enemies. So he made an alliance with his enemies, and his enemies were actually the ones who were still worshiping the Baals, still worshiping the idols, sacrificing children, doing all these things, yet he compromised. He, he set himself almost like, he's like, ah, it's, it's not that bad. Okay, let me just go talk with them. Let me just make an alliance just so they don't attack me, you know, just in case. Let's go to verse 2. And after some years, okay, after some years of this backup plan, he went down to visit Ahab in Samaria. And Ahab killed sheep and oxen in abundance for him and the people who were with him. But catch the next word, and persuaded him to go up with him to Ramoth-Gilead. Persuaded doesn't necessarily sound voluntary. I mean, it is voluntary, but it seems like he was coerced. He was sweet-talked. He was flattered into coming over. And it wasn't just, oh, let's go on a vacation. No, let's go to the next verse. Verse 3, it says, So Ahab, the king of Israel, said to Brother Jay, king of Judah, will you go up with me against Ramoth-Gilead? And he answered, I am as you are, and my people as your people. We will be with you in the war. It wasn't just, hey, let's go on vacation. Let's go look at the beautiful scenery of Ramoth, Gilead. Let's go look at the beautiful like, architecture. No, no. He was saying, hey, come to war with me. Like, join up with me, your enemy, and let's go make war against somebody else. Number one, I see the problem as 
Jehoshaphat, he kind of stopped. He was kind of, he was going good, you know. It seems like the path he was on, which way he was, the way he was going, it was good. He was serving the Lord. He was doing powerful things. Riches were coming because he was serving the Lord. He was honoring him. But then he came to a fork in the road. He came to where he had to make a decision. And he started hacking down bushes to make his own way. He started choosing his own route. I, I can imagine he, he liked the sound of, of things. He liked what Ahab was doing for him. He slaughtered all these things and said, Oh, Jehoshaphat, you've been such a great king. You're so rich. You're so this. And I imagine Jehoshaphat just walking down like, ha, Yeah, I am pretty rich. I am pretty good. Yeah, let's, let's go to war. Let's get more rich. Let's, we can beat these people. Let's do this. And he made his own path. But let's see the results of this war. Let's go to verse 28. Verse 28 of chapter 18. Okay, let's go a couple verses ahead. So it's, after all the preparations are done, Jehoshaphat and, and Ahab are planning, they're scheming, let's make this happen. Okay, verse 28 says, The king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramoth-Gilead. Okay, they go to war. They go, they're fighting in the battle. And it's kind of funny, if you look at verse 29, it says, The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself and go into the battle. But you put on your robes. So the king of Israel disguised himself and went into the battle. You know, if you keep reading, for the sake of time, I'm going to kind of cut those verses out, give you the summary. But what happens is Ahab almost played Jehoshaphat. He, he said, all right, you stay in your kingly robes, and I'm going to disguise myself so that they, basically so they won't know he's king. So the enemy can attack Jehoshaphat. All right? Think about it. And if you read on, it says the king of Syria said, all right, like ignore everybody else, small or great, we're going after the king. So they go and surround Jehoshaphat and he's like, oh my goodness, what did I get myself into? This was the wrong road. I'm going to die. And it says he calls out to the Lord. <laughs> Amen. But he realized the decision he had made, the road he had carved for himself, wasn't the right way. Maybe you felt like that in your life. Maybe you've carved out a road that has led to ruin. Maybe you have carved out a road in your life that has led you to <laughs> emotional bankruptcy that has ruined your marriage. Maybe you have, maybe you, it's not a choice that you made, but maybe you're in a health crisis right now. Maybe you're in a financial crisis right now, and you don't know where to go. Maybe you're, yeah, you're calling out to God, but it seems like he's quiet almost. What do you do? What do you do when seems like the decision you made or any decision you make is going to end up in the negative. What happens? 
Verse 33 actually talks about, it's kind of, it's interesting. It says, Now a certain man drew a bow at random and struck the king of Israel between the joints of his armor. So he said to the driver of the chariot, Turn around and take me out of the battle, for I am wounded. And Ahab proceeds to die in the battle. Jehoshaphat makes it safely out somehow. All right, and he's like, Oh, praise the Lord, I'm out of that one. Okay? And I really like to put these examples, I really like to put these Bible stories in my own life. So let's just say maybe at one time in your life you've gotten out of trouble, or maybe you've overcome that financial crisis, and you've overcome that health issue. And you're like, praise the Lord, thank you, I can imagine. He just went home, and he's praising God. But we are in a world where issues will come back again. The issues don't stop. Satan won't stop until Jesus comes back. So what are you going to do the next time? We see the first time, all right, which way? Which way now? He, he ended up cutting his own way, all right? He ended up cutting his own way. He ended up moving forward. And he thought it was the right way. Man, have you guys ever, have you guys ever been out and about and you feel like some, you, you heard your name somewhere? I don't know, this actually just happened to me a couple days ago. I was just walking like middle downtown just by myself and I felt like I heard my name like, Manny. I was like, what? I just turned around. It's like, where'd that come from? Huh, it's probably just in my head. You know, have you guys ever done that? You guys felt like somebody was calling you and... Sometimes they were, sometimes just you. It's kind of scary. But <laughs> what happens is you always look around, right? You know, you look around 360 degrees, and naturally, why would you look up? You know? Like, unless you're like, Lord, like Samuel, uh, Samuel and, um, in, in his bedroom. But for myself, I have never looked up like, huh, Somebody might be calling me from up there. Like, no, I, it doesn't even process in my mind to do that. But what if? What if that was your only way to go? You know, let me make it a little clearer. Make it a little simpler. It's like maybe all the paths around you, it's not the right way to go. 360 degrees, every degree is the wrong decision or is the wrong path. What do you do then? Then I realized there are going to come points in time where moving forward, moving backwards to the side, to the left, to the right is going to be a wrong decision. It's staying still and looking up that is the right one. Let's wrap up with the, the story. How Do you guys want to know what ends up happening to Jehoshaphat? Yeah, you guys want to know? Yeah. All right, it didn't sound too excited, but come on, do you guys want to know? Yeah. Yeah. Amen, let's go. So we're going to go to chapter 20, verse 7. Uh, verse 1, chapter 20, verse 1, okay? We're going to find out what happens to King Jehoshaphat after, let's see how his life plays out. Okay? And it says, and it happened after this that the people of Moab 
with the people of Ammon and others beside the Amorites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. And then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you beyond the sea from Syria. And they are in, I don't know, um, Tamar. And Jehoshaphat feared. And he, he, he did what? He feared. But this is what he did. He looked around and he saw, man, there's no way out of this. There's no way forward, back, left, right. But this is what it, he does. He feared, but he set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. So Judah gathered to, together and asked for, the help from, uh, for help from the Lord. And all the cities of Judah came to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah in Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O oh Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your children, before your people? and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? Are you not the God who did all this? Catch this. Jehoshaphat wasn't crying out to God to remind God of what he did. He was crying out to God to remind himself of what, he, what God has done. To remind himself that God has got others over these health crises. Even if you don't get over this health crisis, God has you in his hand. Even if your marriage is falling apart, there is hope. Even if you're in the depths of your addiction, he is there to pull you out. Even if your children are straying away, he is the one who has your children in his hands. Amen. So this is what he does. He cries out to God. Not to remind God of what God has done, but what God uh, can do for him. This is what ends up happening in this story. This is the story of Jehoshaphat. And verse 14 says, The Spirit of the Lord came upon someone, the son of Zechariah, and the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, and the son of, yes, and he said, verse 15, Listen, all of you Judah and your inhabitants, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord to you, do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed because of this great multitude, because of this struggle, because of your wandering child, because of your health, because of your finances. Do not be dismayed. For the battle is not yours. The battle is not yours, but God's. Amen? Amen. Amen. Tomorrow go down against them, and they will surely come up to you. And you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeriel. And this is the key verse. This is the verse that I want you guys to highlight, to underline, to keep as a memory verse in whatever struggle 
you're going through. Verse 17 says, You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves and stand what? Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. Can I get an amen? He doesn't say go forward. He doesn't say go left, right, back. He doesn't say make your way through. He says stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. When are we as a people going to start, stop trying to make our own way forward? When are we going to stop trying to make this destination happen ourselves and let God put, the destination, put us at the destination? When are we going to allow him to work in our lives? When are we going to allow him to give us the victory? To let his Holy Spirit give us the power to achieve what he really wants us to achieve. Continues the rest of the verses, O Judah and Jerusalem. And one thing that I do is I always input my own name when it says that because, oh, it always says, oh, Jerusalem. Like, you are as like a wandering sheep. I'm like, oh, shoot. I'm a wandering sheep. It's true. I always leave the fold. You are like a rebellious bull. Yes, dang it. That's me too. But it says this, Oh, Judah and Manny and John and every single one of you out there, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Whatever struggle you're going with through today, you don't know which way to go. You don't know what to do anymore. You're, you're spent. You're lying on the ground. You, the fight in you is just done. You're, you have no more energy. Good. Stop fighting. Good. Stop making your own way because he wants to show you the right way. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord for each and every one of you today. Let's pray. Lord in heaven, I just pray that I may put into practice these words. I pray that each and every one, one of us may stop relying on ourselves and leave it to you. Leave it to you to put your spirit within us and change us. Help us to stand still and see that your will will be done if, you, if we let it be done. Change our hearts, God. Help us to be ready because you're coming so soon. There is hope with you, Lord. There is hope. Be with us today as we go our separate ways. Amen.